What he doing? <laughs> What's up, friends? It's your average everyday neighborhood J-Mac back in the building with another episode of Just One Listen. That's weird. It is a little bit because we got a new kind of thing going on. Starting today and every other Sunday after, we're going to release an episode of What They Did Right. I've talked about it before, and this is the, the kickoff of what they did right and what we're going to talk. And I know today's Monday, but what we're going to talk about is take a mainstream podcast, a podcast that's doing amazingly well, and analyze what they did right or what we feel they did right. And this goes in line with what I've told you many episodes before. We're going to take and look at the greats, see what they're doing, and let's do what they do. And let's learn and grow and build, right? Synthesis technology. And so we're going to kick it off this episode with our friends over at WNYC Studios. That's right, NPR. Yes, NPR. <laughs> the godfathers of podcasting, as it were. We're going to take a look at one of my favorites, uh, the guys that I look up to, and that's Radiolab. Radiolab is by far one of the most incredibly well-produced programs that I can think of um, that exist out there. And I'm hoping we can have some fun with this. Uh, Radiolab's been around for, I want to say, 17 or 18 years. They started out in radio, and now they are a big podcast. And when I say a big podcast, we're talking tens of thousands of positive reviews um, and, you know, obviously millions of listeners worldwide. They are massive. Uh, They have turned radio production into an actual art. And when I show you, if you haven't heard of this show, when I show you how they package everything, when I'm talking about packaging, this is the type of stuff I'm always listening to and talking about. Um, And this is how high the bar is. And this is where I think you guys should be aiming for when you grow or when you're trying to produce and do your interviews. And this is an interview-based podcast or show. And uh, they do it so well that if they were recording a Zoom, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. It would be complete. It would make no difference if it was a Zoom show. That's how well it's done. And this is how you can clean it up with podcasting. They do it with phone calls. I've heard it with phone calls. But we're going to pull a September 20th, 2018 episode. Um, they've, they've evolved quite a bit over the years. They, uh, it's the, the show's made up of a duo, uh, Jad Abumrad and uh, Robert Krolowicz and... Um, they have the best chemistry and they're so, they're so well put together and they're so well produced. Well, let me, let me, let me get started and show you right from the beginning, how they start with just their ads. You know, if you're listening to the show or if it comes up in your podcast feed, or if you're listening to it and listening to NPR, you know, when it's radio lab time, let me show you. It's incredible. Hey, this is Jad. Radio Lab is supported by. Did you hear it? Hey, this is Jad. Radio. You hear that? Boom. Hey, this is Jad. Radio Lab is supported by. And if you pay close attention, they they bookend it with these sound effects, and these are Radio Lab specific. They're prepping you. They're saying it's Radio Lab time without saying it's Radio Lab time. They can focus on the next big. Thing. Watch. 
The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Hey, this is Jad, Radio Lab. See, and then they go to the next ad. They're keeping you engaged without you knowing you're being kept engaged. At Templeton. It's genius. Okay. And here's going to be the NPR logo, which they put on a lot of different shows. Um, and you notice that the guy, the guy who does the voice for the NPR logo is actually uh, this guy who um, does a show called Snap Judgment. We'll unpack that one another day uh, because that one's fantastic too. Uh, but once we get past the logo, listen very closely to the Radio Lab intro. Listener supported, WNYC Studios. Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <coughs> you're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. And that's it. No voice actors. No professional music, just a tapestry of beautifully edited audio. And what they're doing is they're playing in to something. The way that the, that the editing works on the show, very much in tune with that intro. They're getting you prepped. Listen again. Now, if you listen, the intro is nothing more than a bunch of Samples, reverse samples, um, piano re- in reverse, uh, some clips, some voices, some 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 static, different little sound effects in there that hop around. If you're wearing headphones, they hop between left and right channel. They completely grab your attention within 15 short seconds. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> You're listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Now, I, what I didn't get into was the, the, the podcast artwork or the description. Obviously, these guys have t- teams of marketing people. They have teams of producers, writers, all this stuff. The, you're probably listening to this and go, come on, Mac. This isn't stuff that the average podcaster can pull off. No, maybe not. What I'm telling you is to listen and pay close attention and take small cues. Listen what they did without a voice actor, without a professional, um, without a professional musician to create their intro. Look what they're pulling off. Take inspiration. Let's keep it moving. Now, this particular episode, they actually had a, had a mistake because they bought into their feed. Uh, they jumped into the NPR feed. They handled it gracefully. And then they jump, into the, they jump into the show. Now, when they jump into the show, I want you to pay close attention to how they're managing this interview. Remember that this is a pre-recorded interview that they've come back and they are editing it. And they've put it together so perfectly that it... That it sounds so fluid it's like a perfectly choreographed dance in audio watch this oh hello robert hi hi let me let's well, see. what was that that was that was uh the yeah. um miss now you hear the guy in the background they're weaving him in this is what they do 
of classical music in this public radio be suddenly <laughs> interrupted by science journalist and author David Quammen. Hey, are we all here now? Now we're all here. And okay. you are Jennifer Murad. Yes, I'm I am. Robert Grobert. This is Radiolab. Yeah, yeah. And actually, what happened here... Did you pay attention to what happened in that short, tiny span of time? They're hopping between all their voices. It's so precise and so quick. You, your brain can keep up with all of it. You know exactly what just happened. It sounds like so much, but you consumed all of it. And it's beautiful. This is what these guys are known for. Well, at least by me. That that was uh, the um, mist of classical music in this public radio being suddenly <laughs> interrupted by science journalist and author David Quammen. Hey, are we all here now? Now we're all here. Okay. And you are Janet Murad. Yes, I am. I'm Robert Grobert. This is Radio Lab. Yeah, yeah. And actually what happened here is I, I called David because he has just published a book which contains an idea that I found so surprising. I, I had not known of this. It's kind of a... A smack in the face to Charles Darwin's theory of evolution. Okay. Now, we're, I'm not going to unpack every second of this, of this podcast. We will start skipping ahead, but there's so much that happens in the first three minutes of this one episode. It's fair to point out that there's a lot of value in that. I've always talked about where you sit and play music for 10 minutes, and if you listen, these guys don't give you an opportunity to steer away from the, from the show. And um, if you listen, when they started, it's the chopped up intro and then you get to the where they're having a quick talk and it's fast, 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 fast. And then it's slow. And then you hear Robert slowing down and he gets quiet and speaks slowly. And now you're pulled in. Yes, there have been a number of excellent ego that have been added to Darwin's theory over the last hundred and. 50 years or so since he published it. But this is this is more than that. This is a big frickin' asterisk. <laughs> and to explain what that means, David told me a story about a moth. All right. Now's when they get into the beauty of it. They're pulling in music, and the audio takes you on the classic Radio Lab ride. Yes, uh, the peppered moth. It lives in forests of central England, among other places. And during the 19th century, this moth was white with little flecks of black on it. And uh, these moths sometimes roost on the... So keep in mind what that's doing in your head. When you're listening to it, I know what you're seeing. You're seeing the same thing I am. You're seeing a moth in the forest, sitting there on the side of a tree, the sun peeking through the forest... You can see the little bugs flying through the in and out of the sun rays. And they did that all with music. It's incredible. Pretty well camouflaged. A light, slightly peppered moth on a light, slightly peppered tree trunk. So they were protected against... And watch what they happen, watch what they do when he starts talking about the industrial uh, changes that happened in the area. Watch, listen to the music. So they were protected against predation by birds. And then... Watch. The tree trunks changed. Why did the tree trunks change? Because of the Industrial Revolution. Because the smokestacks of Manchester were turning out a lot of coal smoke. They were burning coal for all their industrial processes. Now, watch how they grab your attention back. Now, imagine this. You're listening to it. They're telling you the story. You're still captivated. The audio's changing with the changing mood and the impacts on the environment. 
watch where they freeze. And there was this soot, this coal soot that was coming out, and it was blanketing the trees in the nearby forest. So the tree trunks turned black. And boom. It's genius. This is writing. Now, I want to also point out that this interview, they could have just done an, just a strung along interview and had a full conversation with this guy. Obviously, they're not doing any of these effects and sounds and editing real time. So they're taking these interviews and sometimes there might be stuff that he said at the end and they brought to the front and stuff that he said at the front and put at the end. And we'll get to that in just a second. The moths were no longer camouflaged because the moths were white. You wouldn't want to be a white moth sitting against a coal black tree because then your no, your no. bird would know exactly where you are. Right. What happened? The moths turned black. You see, like, oh yeah, sure. This is the this is the classic sort of evolution story. Exactly. That story was told. It was a, became a textbook example of Darwinian evolutionary change in in real time. And the way that happens, we were told, is that once the trees turned dark, now, do you see the magic of that? You see what Robert's doing. Robert jumps in and paraphrases for their guest. Which is genius. He's completely paraphrased from him for him. And they're now moving on with the story. But they make it more concise or keep you engaged. They probably listened to this during editing and said, okay, how can we how can we improvise this to make it a little more quick to the punch to get to the point faster? And so they'll have Robert jump in. And then they'll also have Jad asking Robert questions. And Robert will say, Oh, well, I asked him that. And here's what he said. They're presenting it in such a way that you are constantly engaged with the program. Thanks to some tiny little mistake in some moth gene, the, the black spackling got bigger on certain moths and those were a little bit more protected and then the spackling got a little bit bigger, the moths got a little grayer. And, and then very, very slowly, over generation after generation... Here I'm still in the background. Moths, they get a little bit darker and then darker still until you end up eventually with a population of moth that turns completely black. That's the classic story. Except. Except that we now know that's wrong. It turns out it wasn't slow. It didn't take generations and generations. Sequencing of the moth genome has revealed. Okay. A stretch of so this editing, this editing style is, is what I believe put these guys on the map. These guys are like, and, and you'll see it. You'll see their influence all throughout NPR programming. Um, but nobody can touch this show when it comes to the editing quality. Peppered Moth Mom, in my opinion, produces an all black baby. Wait, so how did that, how did that happen? They said a whole packet of genes just got shoved in to this new, from where did it come from? Well, David says it probably jumped one part of the moth genome to a completely new part, different part. But what, that means, of course, is that living things, it turns out, can change way faster than we thought, and therefore evolution can happen much faster than we thought. And on top of that, David says, scientists have now discovered, there's an even stranger kind of super fast change, that... So it's, it's interesting what they do. Now, I'm going to jump to the end real quick, and then we'll wrap this one up. But I want to I show you how they close the episode. And species 
No. And they have a they, they have a really clever way of putting a bow on the end of their episodes. There's such a thing as a human individual or as a, a human, a composite of other forms of life. And what this says is that we are composites. We are mosaics. It's, it's humbling and it's and it's fascinating to think of yourself that way. Like for me, David. So it turns out that David is not just the descendant of a Norwegian father and a German-Irish mother, but he's also viral and bacterial and who knows what else. And I find that um, I find that thrilling. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful to all those other limbs on the tree of life for the things that they've given us. Thanks, of course, to Stephen Strogatz of Cornell University. And then they close the episode. They close the show. And that's it. And they say their thank yous, and it's basically the ending credits. Now, when you consider the amount of insane effort that probably goes into that single one episode, you may ask yourself, how the hell am I supposed to compete with that? And that's the beauty, my friends. You don't have to. The idea is, is that you listen to shows like this. You listen to the music, you find your resources, you subscribe to Epidemic Sound and all these other guys, you put your research in, you find music cuts that work for your show, if you need them, and you build, or you edit, and you chop. The whole point here is that you paint a picture. These guys are taking a simple interview about a simple topic, or a fairly simple topic, and they're coming back. And editing in such a way that they make it insanely fascinating. And I think, to me, I think that there's a lot to uh, to add to that. Or there's a lot to take from that, rather. So if we're thinking about editing, and if you're thinking about interviews, and you're, even if you have a Zoomcast, if you go and check out Radiolab and listen to what they even do with something as simple as a phone call, and how they edit it into their show... It all of a sudden matters less. And I hope that you take the time to get creative with your editing abilities, to get creative with the way you chop these episodes up and actually have fun with it. Tinker. Paint pictures, man. And that's the way this stuff should work. I hope you guys enjoyed it. The first inaugural episode of What They Did Right dropping on Monday and then from this point forward dropping every Sunday. We'll talk to you guys next episode. We'll talk to you tomorrow on uh, on Just One Listen. We'll review another podcast, man. Talk to you guys soon. So, enjoy. Don't be afraid to dig into your synthesizer a little bit. It's actually pretty easy to use. And uh, even if you just go in there and start playing around some parameters, you can come up with some really cool stuff.